Hello, and welcome to the Tyndale Insider Podcast. On today's episode, Senior Communication Manager from the Tyndale Momentum book team, Sharon Levitt, will talk to author Sally Clarkson about her new book, Own Your Life. For more information, visit Tyndale.com or visit Sally's website, sallyclarkson.com. This is Sharon Levitt of the Tyndale Momentum book team at Tyndale House Publishers. I'm talking today with author Sally Clarkson about her upcoming book, Own Your Life, Living with Deep Intention, Bold Faith, and Generous Love. Own Your Life will be available to readers in January of 2015. Sally co-founded and has served as the Women's Ministry Director of Whole Heart Ministries with her husband Clay since 1994. As a conference speaker, author of 11 popular books, and ministry leader, she has helped countless Christian parents build life-giving homes and raise wholehearted children for Christ. As a mother of four, she has inspired thousands of mothers since 1998 through annual Mom Heart conferences and Mom Heart small groups. Sally encourages many through her blog posts at itakejoy.com, momheart.com, and sallyclarkson.com, as well as through her ebooks and live webinars. She began her ministry in communist Eastern Europe with crew and has a passion for discipleship training. Hi, Sally. Welcome, and thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule to discuss your latest book, On Your Life. Oh, I'm so excited, Sharon. I just love working with you, and I love the book. Oh, so this will be fun. <laughs> oh, good. Well, I just wondered, with all you do, just just saying all that you do and you've been doing for a long time, conferences, webinars, mothering your own children, mentoring many, many more women, what compelled you to write Own Your Life? Well, I feel like when I was uh, on my birthday, when I was 60 years old, actually, I was sitting in my living room and I was pondering, as we all do, our lives. And I thought, you know, when I was very young, I was a part of a wonderful group of people uh, who, in different ministries, different organizations, but we were all challenged as, as um, young adults to ask the question in my lifetime, how can I serve Christ? How can I make my life purposeful? And as I was looking at these people who have traveled all these years in different ways um, in, in their lives, I really realized that all of them have become significant in their own arenas. They've become leaders, writers, Bible study mm. coordinators. And the interesting thing was it was because all of us were challenged at a young age to think of our lives as strategic mm. and to understand that God loves to work with people whose heart is his. I love the verse in Daniel that says, the people who know their God will display strength and take action. Mm. And so I thought I would love to encourage uh, women uh, and men who are out there maybe living a little bit in the mundanity of life, which we all do, mm -hmm. or uh, just struggling or whatever, to, to really rethink how they can live a life that matters, that's encouraging to them, that's fulfilling, that's purposeful, because I think that's what God created all of us to do, to have a, a purposeful life and to take responsibility for it so that we can have a vibrant story to tell. So that is what you would call owning your life. 
Yes, yeah, so to really engage in all of the vast blessing and favor that God has for each of his children that sometimes we don't even realize. I think it's been said that we don't live into our mental capacity. We only use about 10 or 12% of our brains. And I've wondered as I was writing this book if maybe we have this incredible spiritual capacity with the Holy Spirit available to us and God's love there uh, waiting to uh, bless us. And maybe we don't always live into the spiritual capacity that he created us to have. So engaging in God's plan and purpose and love is really kind of the passion of my heart in this book. Thanks. I just am wondering, do you think that there is uh, more of a need for that today, or has it always been the same? Well, I think that from the beginning, um, there has been a spiritual battle for our time, our hearts, our souls. We're so inclined to depending on things that we see. Um, we want security. We want assurance. We want things. Uh, we, we are just the people that are inclined to trying to control our lives mm. and to make them conform to our own happiness. Mm. And yet, um, I don't think that we can really live freely and with peace in our hearts, with a sense of blessing, if we don't take the risk of saying, God, I am your girl. Mm -hmm. I will go anywhere, do anything. I really want to serve you in my lifetime. And I believe that you are a God who longs to bless me. So I feel like it has been a battle since the beginning of time, but there are always in every generation specific areas of battle that, that draw us away from what he designed us to live. What do you notice today um, that you talk in your book about barriers that prevent women mm -hmm. from owning their lives? What, can you talk a little bit about those? Yeah, I think that um, there are several that come to my mind, but I've noticed that so many women who write to me or that I get to spend time with have a deep longing for love and affirmation that many of them walk in guilt. They feel like they haven't been good enough or mm. maybe they have some past experiences that hurt them or um, anyway, this sense of inadequacy. And so I think that instead of letting God define their lives, um, he was mindful that we're but dust. He knows our limitations and that's why he came to redeem us. But he absolutely loves us and he has given everything so that we can live abundant lives. So I think first area is guilt or, or condemning voices. I'm not good enough or God's probably disappointed with me. And then, of course, in our lifetime with all of the uh, social media and Internet and cars and driving places, and mm -hmm. we are the busiest people ever. And I think even the busyness of our lives and the things that we think we have to do mm -hmm. distract us from being able to be centered and being able to to say, I don't have to do all of that to be happy. I don't have to accomplish all those things to be important. And so I think it's that, uh, that busyness, the social media, the, the voices of culture that are penetrating our lives every single day that keep us from being able to center on God and to sit back and listen to what his plan is. Because apart from him, we really can't find that deep satisfaction that he made us to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I love um, the way you're so transparent in your book. And I think some might be surprised when they look at you and they see that you're a well-known author, you're a speaker, you're a ministry leader, and people might look at you and just think you've always had it together. 
But when they <laughs> read your, well, yeah, but you know, that's definitely how I think some people would look at you. But in your book, mm -hmm. you talk about your own journey to get to that point and um, to get to the point where you were surrendered and just, I, like you said, God, I'm your girl. And can you mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that watershed moment? I'm sure that there were many watershed moments, but I'm thinking of that, mm -hmm. that one that you describe in the book. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that, um, you know, when I was very young, I was so idealistic and probably thought more of myself than I should have. <laughs> and then I got married, and I had uh, three children in very quick succession, and I found myself... Um, alone in this very small town. I'd had a couple of miscarriages. I didn't have any friends. And all of a sudden, I was kind of shaking my fist at heaven, saying, really, God, you treat your friends like this? And <laughs> I think I, I thought life would be easier and that I was more spiritual than I was. But I realized as I looked back that God knew that I was holding in my fists and holding in my heart onto things that weren't going to make me happy and I had a lot of um, selfishness and mm -hmm. I had a lot of um, areas that needed working on and as I look back I realized that because he's a good father he he took a long time he was very gentle mm -hmm. he allowed issues in my life he confronted me with my sin he showed me my limitations and my selfishness with these kids that wanted to eat and wear clothes every single day and <laughs> they fussed and um, I used to blame my husband for difficulties in their marriage, and then I realized it was me. And, mm -hmm. um, but I realized as I look back that I think the reason that God has been so gracious to allow me a ministry is because of all my failures. Because mm -hmm. if I am talking to a woman and she says, I've really struggled with marriage, or I've struggled with not being married, or you know, my kids drive me crazy, or God doesn't seem to provide for my finances, or I'm fearful of my future, because God allowed all of those issues in my life, and I came to the end of myself, and I thought, I really can't control life. I, I, it's either you or nothing, God. Mm -hmm. And um, I realized that there's an illusion that we have to work our way to God, even though we know that's not true. Mm -hmm. And what I found out is that God never, he always knew I didn't have it together, mm -hmm. but he he really just wanted to be with me in that moment and lead me to more and more freedom, to understand his love better, to be more compassionate for people, to be more humble. And um, so the process of owning your life is at each turn in the curve, wherever you are, saying, God, what do you have for me here? Mm. What can I learn here? What, how can I worship in this difficult place? Because I believe that you love me and I believe that you're good. And so I really want women to know that they don't have to have it together. Mm -hmm. They just have to be in the hands of a God who deeply and dearly loves them and cares about their lives. Yeah, and you've kind of alluded to this, that you know our world these days is do one, do this, do this, do this, and then everything's going to be together, and on you go on your way. And yeah. this doesn't sound like that kind of process. No, and I think, Sharon, you and I have talked about our own lives, that um, as long as you have these expectations and, and you're shaking your fist at God and say, God, I want you to do my will, and I'm praying in the name of Jesus, so answer my prayer now. As long as we kind of hold fast to what we think we need, mm -hmm. um, 
there will never be a point at which you won't need God or be, uh, I'm, I've never been in control of my life yet. I keep waiting for that one moment. <laughs> but I've, I've found that I don't really need to be. And a lot of things I thought that I needed, mm-hmm. I, I don't even care about anymore. That little by little, God suits you uh, uh, towards heaven to realize what really matters, that it's loving people as well as you can, asking mm-hmm. for forgiveness, yeah. uh, investing in um eternal things, not temporal things. And so God is kind to lead you or to lead us on that journey, but it does require a heart that's willing to learn from him. He said, I'm humble and meek, learn from me. And that's meant so much to me over the years. But no, it's not a formula, and each person has a different puzzle to live, a different cup to drink, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And once you embrace your story and say, okay, this is the place where God intends for me to find contentment and his blessing, and I'm going to trust him in this place. That's the beginning of owning your life, accepting Mm -hmm. that God is there with you Mm -hmm. and that he has a way for you to move forward more and more. I love this verse that says, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, Mm -hmm. which shines brighter and brighter till the full day. When the sun comes up, it's it's coming in the midst of total darkness. Mm-hmm. But little by little, uh, you see this spectacular light coming from the horizon, and suddenly it fills the whole sky. Mm-hmm. And that's such a wonderful picture of this process of becoming um, just little by little trusting God and, and allowing him to work with us on the path of life. Oh, I love that picture, and it it does remind me of the other parts of your book, um, which are laden with scripture, as you've been talking at, through the art conversation. And um, but there was something else that you did, you said, or the chapter that you talked about, ways that we can invest in our souls. So uh-huh. there is pain and surrender and accepting. But there's also a part of our soul that we need to nurture and invest in. And I just thought that was uh, a message that many don't hear with our running around and our busyness and how important that is. Could you mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that? Well, I, it's funny. I was in my 40s and I was realizing that um, I was panting and running on total <laughs> empty in my, uh, in my heart, in my mind, in my life. And it's all of a sudden as though God said, look. Girlfriend, you need to, you know, you've got to cultivate um, things in your life that you love. You need to be a, a, a person who puts beauty in mm-hmm. your life and fun and good food and celebration because whatever I store in my heart and in the treasure chest of my life, so to speak, is what people are going to draw from. And if I haven't taken time to rest and to enjoy life and to create life in such a way that it's actually somewhat pleasurable, then I'm not going to be able to offer that joy and beauty and goodness to other people. And so people laugh at me all the time, even when I travel, though. I I have my china teacup, and I love my strong caffeine. I don't care if it's coffee or tea, but, um, you know, I travel with little dark almond chocolates, and I have my little candles and my music, and I, I make every day a celebration so that my heart can move in the direction of that celebration. It doesn't mean that I'm not sometimes depressed or mm-hmm. overwhelmed, but 
I just have had to learn that God has given women this incredible capacity to live into beauty and to create civilization, so to speak, mm-hmm. and even for their own lives. And I think it's almost the glory to a woman to light a candle in the darkness, so mm-hmm. to speak. And so I, I had to learn that, that that was a part of me owning my life, that I needed to be responsible for my own well-being mm-hmm. and to live in such a way that I could be stronger for a longer period of time. And it gives permission for the reader to actually do that, which is such a good thing. Uh, And that leads me to my next, I just want to touch on the uh, ways that the book can be used and the special helps that are in the book. Now, do you, what do you think about the best um, way that the book would be used individually or in a group setting? Well, I think certainly uh, it's my prayer and desire that anyone in the world who picks up this book will will find encouragement, uh, affirmation, challenge, you know, that, that they'll find something that will feed their soul. Mm-hmm. But I love the verse that talks about two are better than one. Mm-hmm. And I, I love it that, that Jesus created this companionship amongst his disciples, both the women who were in the group and the men. They all followed together. And I think that when you go through a book, Together, it builds your ideals along the same path, and, and you can talk with each other about it. So I always write my books with um, a sense of uh, with Bible study questions, with scripture, with thoughts, because mm-hmm. it's just such a better way to take each chapter and evaluate it with a friend. So I do encourage women to take this book and use it in their small groups. Yeah, and you've got ways to really implement little steps that you can take at the end of each chapter that will help you start to own your life. And that's Mm -hmm. very helpful. So it's beautifully written, and it's very inspirational, but it's very practical, too. And I just loved it. So, oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah, I really loved it. I've got a list of all sorts of people that I'm going to give it to. So I'm happy oh. about that. And uh, for the listener today, please look uh, for Own Your Life online now. It's available for pre-orders. And then it will be at your local brick-and-mortars retailer in early January 2015. And in the meantime... Be sure to check out Sally's website, sallyclarkson.com, for upcoming conferences, webinars, her blog, and more about Own Your Life. And Sally, I just want to say thank you for your time. Oh, I love being with you, Sharon. Thank you for having me today. I do. Have a great day. Thank you. You too.